Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent breed is people! Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the Lush But Not Lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers Episode 330, Murder on the Orient Express. Or if you're Keith Morrison, Murder. No, that's Curly. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's Curly Howard. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, guy. don't you think it's about time we change this to murder on the Asian Express? Yes, <laughs> I think it's okay because you're call you can call things Oriental, but not people. That's correct. Right? So rugs are Oriental. I think that's okay. I thought that's the last the that last Oriental I've heard. Okay, if the last I've heard from what's acceptable, <laughs> and I guess it's acceptable because at no time does the plot enter the Orient. Right, that's true. It and isn't not. that the that's that? I mean, this is a real train. That's the name of the train, right? I don't know. Who am I, Mr. Amtrak? <laughs> I don't know. You're, I've taken you're, Amtrak. You're, you're the oldest one here. You Trains were a thing. When yes, they were. So, like, that's, that's right. They were more common. <laughs> they, uh, now I'm wondering. Now I have to go Google it. Is murder on the Orient He Express. makes it sound like I was there when they put the golden <laughs> spike in in Promontory, Utah in 18 Paul, whatever. Paul was keeping a close eye on John Henry versus the machine. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I typed, is murder on the Orient Express? It's not, No, it's just, is the Orient Express. Is the Orient Express. Even Google's like, that's racist. Yeah. Google <laughs> auto-corrected that to Asian Express. Yes. <laughs> Google banned me. Which I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, okay. It's in the food court, isn't it? Asian Express? I think so, yeah. yeah. I'm not crazy. It's a real thing. It's a long-distance passenger train service created in 1883 by Compagni International. There's probably a f- foreign way to pronounce that. No, it's international. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> the route and rolling stock of the Orient Express changed many times. So, But yes, that, okay. so it is a real thing. Because um, I will say, the one thing uh, that I took away from this film, murder be damned, I want to ride on that train. You're goddamn right. <laughs> that, uh, so Okay, so there's a show, there's a comic show in Chicago called C2B2. I don't think it goes there. It does not, no. But... Like, I'd never ridden a train before. I mean, just because they sell manga there doesn't mean <laughs> no, the Orient true. Express is going to take it. Is, it, is, it, is it, <laughs> it is in high demand there. But I'd never ridden a train before. Right. And I was just like, you know what? It's cheap. I can sit in first class, quote unquote first class. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Like, the train from St. Louis to Chicago, it's not a long ride. I mean, it's the same as driving, basically, maybe a little bit faster. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, like I got a kick out of it. It's uh, so much fun. Well, sometime you need to go to Europe and go. Uh, like my wife and I went to I Italy for to. the first time three years ago, and we took the fast train between Rome and Florence. Yeah, hundred and fifty miles an hour. Oh my god! Whoa! This and you can't in... tell if you if you just close your eyes and you're just sitting there. There's no sensation of high speed because so everything's moving at the speed. Yeah, every, yeah right. everything's in relation. But you look to, yeah. out the window and don't look down at the ground. The ground <laughs> is going by too fast. The distance is cool. Yeah. But, oh man, it's that's. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That, there were talk. There was a talk for a while of putting in a bullet train from here to Chicago that was going to be like an hour. They're still working on that, but it was not going to go from downtown St. Louis to downtown Chicago. No. It was going to go from like Alton. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Still, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd, probably you'd, you'd have to Uber to Alton. To Alton. Yeah. Probably right, because right. it didn't cross the state line at that that way. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That's true. I didn't think about that because I've always heard that part of the reason 
the Metrolink, this is hyper local oh, yeah, stuff. Right. So there's we have a, a a light rail system here that almost for years now it's a little better. For years it literally just went a straight line. That's did it. nothing else. Yeah. Like it went airport downtown done. But it actually crosses over to Illinois. And I and I've the story I heard was that the reason it did that was by crossing the state line they could get federal money for ah. it. And, and so they they went ahead. It, it would literally went. It goes across. There was one exit on. The other side of the river, just to be like, we crossed we the state it. line. It's, yeah. it's the yeah. high speed train in the United States that's furthest along, but still not there after like ten or fifteen years, is the one in California that okay. was supposed to connect Los Angeles to San Francisco. Ah, but with all these places, you're talking about densely populated places where you'd have to use eminent domain right, to right. take their houses away to put tracks down, and that you're not doing go that very... through Silicon Valley because no. no one can afford that. <laughs> no, <laughs> good yeah. luck. Like the yeah. only way you're going to get that on board is if, if Google just decides that it's a good idea. Yeah, and yeah they'll like, figure yeah, out a way. Yeah, fine. Yeah, but just put it right through our building. It's but no what about deal. Super Train? That was around in the 70s, right? Yeah, Super Train. I don't. It's another thing that you don't know. Yeah. Super Train was Fred Silverman's idea. It was at NBC. N- NBC's answer to Love Boat. Correct. Ah. And and so, but on a train on a su- on a super train. I see. I see. And it was really bad. Oh, horrible! It was, it was a tragedy. It, it made was, Love Boat look classy. Yeah, Ooh. it was a tragedy. The train was attacked by Manimal. And everyone died, <laughs> which is another show you don't remember. I know Manimal. May you remember Manimal? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. that's that's a least, superhero, of course. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of superheroes. So yeah, it was a uh, gobble up anything I could get superhero wise. Yeah, so the train was attacked by Manimal, but luckily, uh, um, he was finally taken down by the misfits of science. Oh, nope, you got me there. What? Nope. Misfits of Science? Uh, oh, that greatest was like, American Hero? Could that Oh, that one, yeah. yeah. I got that Misfits one. Misfits of yeah. Science was kind of like uh, an X-Men knockoff. Oh. Uh, Courtney, uh, Courtney Cox was on it. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. It was a pre-Friends Courtney Cox. I mean, yeah. uh, was it a pre-Bruce Springsteen? Uh, I think it was on the heels of that, actually. Okay. I think it right. was like she had done that. That kind of got her noticed, and then she got this. Okay. So. All of these series we're talking about, if you go on Amazon Prime, They're all you, there. you can't order them, because no one made DVDs oh. of this crap. <laughs> right. But it's a lot of it's streaming. Still, a lot of it's on YouTube. They right. post it's posted for free because nobody cares. Right. It's like, yeah, man, go for it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. It's, it's awesome. There's we so weren't gonna make royalties off this anyway. Go right. ahead. Yeah, go for it. One day we'll tell you about Casablanca starring David Soul. Oh. Or Clerks starring Jim Brewer. Yeah. Yeah. That finally popped up. It but, did. Yeah, yeah. But you can get Casablanca with David Soul on uh, on DVD now. What a weird choice. Yeah. Of a, of a thing to remake. And it lasted like I think it might have lasted even a full season. Like there were more episodes on that DVD than I would have thought. <laughs> that doesn't mean they aired. Touche. Yeah, I think it was like the Flash TV show, not the new one. Yeah, there were like uh, I think there were like two or three extra episodes. Yeah, that just they were they like were, we're done. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, we should probably go around the table and introduce ourselves. I am Paul Harris. I'm Joe, and I'm Tom. So, uh, uh, just real quick, shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on iTunes. You should subscribe. Uh, and if you don't use iTunes, you can subscribe wherever you get. Your podcast. So Do wherever you want. Yes, and we will show up like magic. In your movie rectangle. In your music, music rectangle, rectangle box. So uh, so anyway, uh, also uh, what? Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. On Twitter at Real Spoilers. There. I've done all that. Good so, job. So we shall now uh, dig into the Murder on the Orient Express. Joe is our synopsizer of record. Good luck. I, it shouldn't. I mean. It's I, you dense, know, man. It is dense. I so like I didn't I, I obviously I know that this is a book I know 
uh, that she has. It's a, based on a book, so it's a pretty safe assumption. You are un, you are unfamiliar with it. That is a, that is not a safe bet. That is a guaranteed yes. bet. <laughs> That's what I said last time. I'm like, did Dell do like a you know a golden key? Right. Is there a classic illustration? Saying if Joe were to read a book, it would not be one from 1934. Right. No. Is that when this book came out? Yes. Okay, so I know the movie takes place in 34. So yes. when this book came out, it was taking place in the present day? Correct. I did not realize Interesting. that. Interesting. I read Gone Girl and Girl on a Train. That's, what, that's as far as I can get Same to. thing. Yeah, well, we don't have right. to do it. Thanks for no. listening. Yeah. <laughs> did, you read, have, did you read Gone Girl? No. Okay. Oh, my wife that did. Was, that was fun. I, that I, was a fun I would tell the story again for Paul. So, that's good. So my, my, my wife, my current wife, <laughs> who's lovely and awesome, uh, was like, oh, you should read Gone Girl. I think you'll like it. And I'm like, okay. And if you if you haven't seen or read who, Gone Girl yet, the one guy? you might. Who, yeah, who did I Dustin? do that to? No. no. Uh, who did I do that? It was a listener. I ruined it for by accident. But but it, so you should probably skip ahead a couple, you know, yeah. a, a two minutes or so. So on a show called Real Spoilers, but you know they didn't tune in for Gone Girl. Real spoilers. <laughs> they tuned in for Murder on the Orient Express. You did spoilers. Gone Girl on this show. Didn't we, you? Did. Yeah, this, we, we did. We had a listener, God love him, who <laughs> skipped that episode and was going to go back to it. And then like three episodes after that, we accidentally ruined the movie <laughs> for him. So we're okay. like, sorry. Um, uh, so reading the book, so I'm gonna ruin the. the 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 twist of the we'll book say that. spoilers in three, two, one. Okay, so the twist of the book is that you're reading the the two stories are toggling back and forth as diary entries of a sort, right? And you're reading hers and his, and you think you know, and it's really he's set up present day, and you're reading her in the past. Yeah. So it's it kind of the movie follows that that motif pretty pretty closely, and so you're reading her version of what their marriage was like, and it's really set up to make you think that like she's like this sweet loving woman and he's really kind of a dick to her and and it starts with just her it starts off with her version of the story mm-hmm. or and uh is the first kind of chunk that you get and i'm like 10 pages in <laughs> and i set the book down i turned to my wife who was read it and like i'm not asking you to spoil this book for me but um is this a well-written book do you feel like this is a well-written book? she's like yes i feel like this is a very well-written book i was like if this is a well-written book this bitch is crazy and uh and she's like, what? And, I, and she's like, I'm not saying one way or the other, but like, what makes you think that? And I was and, and of course, the bitch is crazy. Absolutely. And I was like, because this is my ex-wife. This is a <laughs> this is a smart version of my ex-wife. Wow. And I was like, like, I like instantly. I'm like, if this bitch isn't crazy, this is a poorly written book, because what she is doing is insanely manipulative mm-hmm. to the nth degree. And she's pretending like she's not she's doing sweetheart. it right and and you're the problem for not enjoying her manipulation and i'm like this is i'm like this is my first marriage yep to a t yep and uh like instantly boom I love crazy that movie so much yeah. that book and movie like i'm surprised i thought she had so she's got two other books i thought they were they had one with charlie's there and they got buried because i because think it they, was not good yeah because i think and i think the goal was that, yeah. that book had gotten licensed and then Gone Girl got licensed and uh, became a phenomenon. And then I think they decided to bury that so they could probably remake I'm surprised it. Surprises haven't come out with a bigger budget. Sharp, sharper objects and, and sharp objects in dark places. Yeah, yeah, and I've yeah, read yeah. sharp objects and it's good, but it's not Gone Girl. Good. What's the was that the Charlize Theron one? I think it was. Then that's the one I've read. And I and I because uh, that's the one where the girl's cutting herself. She's a cutter. She goes back to her hometown. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and I haven't read. She's the other like one. a hermit, kind of. Yeah. A, a sh- she, yeah. It's it, 
I'm I'm just surprised that given the success of Gone Girl that we haven't seen either one of those novels. Well, and she's working on a show on HBO with, with David Fincher. Fe- with Fincher, yeah, so, yeah, which I'm cool with that too. Yeah, Mind Hunter. I haven't watched it yet. Is, is it that good? That's the David Hunter. Uh, oh, David that's Fincher the Fincher thing one. On Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is. I've heard good things. Excellent. I got yeah. to the first episode and I was like, I need to invest. Like, this is not one of those shows where you can just like turn it on. And be like and having the like that's what it, you need to invest some time right yeah much like Stranger Things season two I thought season two was better than season I one. agree with you I th- season I was one way more invested in season, season two. one I enjoyed but I was like I don't think it's deserving of all this like people it was fun obsessed I with enjoyed it. it a lot but uh but I thought season two was way better yeah. and it's also hey Netflix here's the deal if you're gonna put out a show with kick ass credits I'm not gonna skip it so stop asking me. Like I'll yeah, skip the end credits. I've never like the Marvel stuff and Stranger Things. I watch the opening credits every time. It's funny because like the kids when we first started, Brian was like, "Don't skip the intro." And then as towards the end, he's like, "Skip it." No, like get to the show. Oh, I yeah, want to see right, what's right, going right, to happen. Yeah. yeah so. No, I love that intro so yeah. much. I so, I figured I turned off the motion smoothing as on my well. TV. You should. I didn't know. You're like, not a cretin. No, and I was just like, oh. This is the way it's supposed to look. Yes. It's so much better. It's yes. so much better. Always turn off the motions. Yes. Like that's if unless like unless you're just a sports guy, unless you're only watching football and right. stuff, then I think motion smoothing is but if you're watching movies, don't do it. Don't turn on motion yeah, it smoothing. Looks like, it looks like oh, garbage. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, and you got you it's not don't turn it on, you have to go turn, turn it, it off. off because it it's like the default setting cuz they think it makes the show, the TVs look better. So. No, you're but wrong. Murder on the Orient Express. Yes. So, uh I never read this book. Um and I absolutely loved this movie. I thought it was... I was engaged the entire time. I thought everybody on screen um, were do it, was doing their job. Right. I was invested in everything. I thought Kenneth Brenna kicked so much ass as this character. Like, he was he was like the, the artsy version of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I and mean, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Like, his version... This is his version of Sherlock Holmes, and I loved it. I thought... The, Kevin said that it was the best mustache in Hollywood. I respectively disagree because i think uh kurt russell grows the greatest mustache <laughs> uh, in hateful eight and uh, that, that mustache is fantastic <laughs> it's such a great mustache the movie that Ken- the the mustache that kenneth Branagh has in murder on the orient express was about the finest whiskery you could do that is true in the 1930s yeah. that is true but today no one would have that even if they were trying to be brooklyn ironic <laughs> yeah <laughs> well That's he's got work. like he's got like he's got the mustache but then he's got like it's not mustache. He's got it's foreground a, and background. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. His mustache has a drop shadow. <laughs> he's got depth. Very good. He added, he added <laughs> depth good. to his mustache. Yeah. Um. So he's he's done working. We we meet him for the first time, and he's just finished this case, and he's kind of said that's. I it. loved this opening scene. It's it so good. Quick, where did you like this movie or no? Yeah. People are like, there's 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 a lot of people that are kind of on it, and I think. I, it's funny. I think we're the three phases of this movie, except for maybe just outright hatred. But because uh, you loved it, I did. Yeah, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And you're more in the meh. Yeah. And I, I think it gets a little slow in the middle. A little. Yeah. And uh, and oh, see, I, it didn't bother me at all. And I feel like um, I feel like it's really difficult to adapt Agatha Christie because she had like there's so many like clues buried in the details right. that you can hide on the page that you that you just. 
if you if you put them on the screen that way, it's like no one's going to realistically see those clues, I or see. they have to force feed them to you. Also, in a book, you can be full of exposition about your characters. Right. Then in a two-hour movie, you can't. Right. Which you would think would make the movie go faster, but it slows down to the point where the train, trapped in an avalanche, <laughs> is moving faster than the plot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't... You, you can't do that without some very lazy exposition. Yes. And, you and, know, and that's one of the problems I have with this and, is and the I ending, which we'll get to. Yeah, and I don't disagree. It's I think I just was more forgiving of it. But uh, but it's definitely a legitimate complaint. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. So he is finishing up this case, and he has decided, I'm going to take a – like, I need to take a break. Like, I've I've worked very hard. I'm he's Him and he tells you yeah. he's the greatest detective that's ever lived. So we know that he has been bouncing around from place to place yeah. solving crimes. Uh, so he runs into as he's getting ready to leave. He runs into a friend of his. And I don't really they don't really explain that relationship other than, um, so he's he ends up in another country. He's in Istanbul. That correct? Yeah. Istanbul. And this he is where starts in Israel and then he sees. Yeah. Oh, I guess we should say the opening scene of this movie, which was phenomenal. So we are told that there are these. There's a, a priest, a rabbi. And, and an imam. An imam. And he was like, it sounds like a joke. Like, right. I've heard this joke before. And, like, everybody's gathered at the wailing wall. And, he, right. you know, he has to figure out who did the crime. And, obviously, whoever he picks, so, you know. It's going to be bad. Like, it's he, the, they're going to the one. Somebody's going to see it as some sort of religious. The police are wailing. The, yes. Yeah. The police chief even says, he's like, I've got three religions that are on the verge of a civil war out there. Can we get this on the uh, done? So he goes out and he lays and he does the Sherlock Holmes thing where he's yeah. just like, look, these three men, you could see him. He takes his cane and he sticks it into the wall and he was, tells he's like, I need an armed guard at the south door now. And so like one guy runs off. So he lays out his whole deal and it turns out that the, the police chief is the one who stole this rare gem to this keep sort of his job. Yeah, a religious artifact yeah, of some right. sort. Yeah. Um, to keep his job. Basically, yeah. because things, he wants everybody at each other's throats because that he still has a job. Thing, things so. are starting to to become civil, and this is yeah, and this and this is why historically there's peace in the Middle East to this day. Correct, because yeah. they found the stone it's because of him. Yeah. yeah, because of Hercule Poirot. 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 Um, so he's just like, look, there's a boot mark. None of these guys wear boots. You wear boots. Did you go to his chambers? Yes, I did. Did you find this bag? Yes, I did. And there it is. Solves the case. And there's a great scene where the guy runs away. He chase. He runs one direction. They run him back right. the other, and he runs right Close into the lines himself. Close lines himself into the cane that you put in the wall. And it was like, and I just loved how it was. It was clever, and how quickly they established that that this guy is a brilliant detective. Yes, and it, it with humor and right. Yeah, like and it, it is Sherlock Holmes. Let like me just interrupt for just a second here to ask you a question. He calls himself the most famous detective in the world, yes. and at some point, so does Sherlock Holmes in yes. one of the Sherlock Holmes stories. Yes, he does. Yeah. Who is currently the most famous detective in the world in 2017? You mean, like in terms of real life? Real life. Keith Morrison from Dateline NBC. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure the most famous detective doesn't have to have hidden cameras. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was Chris. That was that's Chris. That's Chris Hansen. Yeah, it's Chris Hansen. Keith Morrison <laughs> is the guy that's like. Ooh. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. But that was at a time where these people thought wherever they were was the entire world. Yeah, that, that, that is fair. True. I'm that fairly true. sure at least four continents had never heard of Hercule Poirot <laughs> or <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. That is, she was translated into a lot of languages. At one time, wasn't she the the author who was? No, translated? but I mean in the context of the story sure, itself. Absolutely, right, right. Yeah. absolutely. That's funny, Batman. 
he's the greatest detective. Yes. That's, you know. Um, so he gets, he goes to Istanbul and he runs into a friend of his. Not Constantinople. Not Cans, not if the, they might be giants have taught me anything. Yes. Um, where he just kind of, <laughs> this is the scene that I loved. Like, I thought this was great where he, his buddy comes out from somewhere he's obviously not supposed to be. Yeah. And he has been getting a little frisky with this girl. And he's like, oh, this is my friend, and he's the greatest detective, and like, what makes us so great is I don't ask him about anything. Like, yeah. I don't care about his cases, and we're friends. And he was just like, and they're going back and forth, and he was like, and you're a prostitute. And she was like, I am. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it was funny just how, how much she owned it. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm the most famous prostitute in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a claim I would want to make. Yeah. yeah I'm good. Uh, so he kind of says, he's like, you look. You could probably charge more. You probably yeah. could. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, he's like. Get a, uh, uh, an endorsement deal for breath mints. <laughs> yeah. Or magnum. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> Um, and if they were magnums, they wouldn't need to be going to a prostitute. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, and the guy, and the friend kind of says, "Look, just ride on this. Like, take this train with me. Like, we'll get you on there. It'll be great." Uh, and the guy's like, "Oh, you know, Kenneth Branagh is just like, I can't. You know, it's okay. Like, I don't want to impose." He's like, "No, no, no. Like, this is my train. I'm the I'm the head of this train. You come on, and we'll we'll get you where you need it. We'll take care of you. Blah blah." So. He he's going to get on the train. And it turns out there's no spots in first class left. So uh, there's a a name that they talk about of a person who doesn't show up. And I guess part of the policy is like you have to check in half an hour before the train leaves. If you yeah. don't, you lose your seat. The murder on uh, the Orient Express is uh, operated by American Airlines. It's a precursor. To oh American God! <laughs> yeah. That guy showed up 29 minutes before yes. the train and, and got dragged off. And they said right. no. He's, yeah. That's Delta. Actually, they, he gets us arrested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they doctor dowed him. Yeah. So he ended up on the. If you're late for the Orient Express, you end up. On the Midnight Express. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. You don't want to do that. No, no. Don't serpentine. Serpentine. Do that. Yeah. Uh, man, that's a great movie. That's a fantastic movie. <laughs> um, So the the guy loses his seat. Now, is this a character? Is, does this person... That, that doesn't show? Yeah. Is this a thing? Or, like, was it supposed to be a thing? Or no? I don't remember. It's been so long since I read the book. Okay. But I was thinking because everybody on the train was... We're spoiling the movie. Everybody, in the tr- should we just give away the ending now so we can discuss it? So here's the, we're going to spoil it right now. Yeah. So, uh, um, and this is probably one of the most famous solutions. I said last time about how you can't change the ending to this because no. if you did, you're not telling the story. Right. And the 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 giveaway is who committed the murder was everybody. All of them. They all hated him. They all had a reason to hate him. And, right. And they all teamed up and. They pulled a murder train on a murder train. Basically. Yeah. And so uh, so I, I, so my question was, was this guy supposed to be part of the murder plot? That's my question. Or was this one guy who's going to be like, holy like, shit. What is happening? What is happening? Or he could have, like, they, I, we've seen it in movies before where they, they set it up to where there's one person on the train that could, or one person that could be your alibi, you know, like that one right. person who's not attached to anything. And maybe that was supposed to, I don't know. I was with him all night. Yeah. Right, right. Well, and that's what I think is clever about the construction of this murder is everybody, because they all did it, everybody starts alibying everybody Correct. else. Like, you know, and so like, like that's what makes it, you know, so you, you had seen the original or read the I book? I saw the 74 Lumet okay, version. As did I. So, um, so like I knew the answer going in. Yeah. And so it was kind of, I was wondering if the movie would still hold my interest when I know who did it right or who's did it you know and uh who done it yeah but you know multiple who's <laughs> yeah. and uh 
and and it did, and it was kind of fun to watch how like knowing the answer. It's in front of you the whole time. Like she, it is. I mean, that's why she's the greatest mystery writer of all time. Like she doesn't cheat. Nope. It it it's. I don't think the movie cheats either. I, I didn't feel like it did. Uh, the you know the answer is there from the from the the minute he sees the body, he's like, there are twelve stab wounds in this person. Right. And it, right. And then and it's like, and there are twelve suspects. Like yes. you, like the it's kind of like looking back. If you don't know the answer, you're like. How, ah, dang it! How did it's it's right there? Yep, as Paul Harris said on the arrival. Aha! <laughs> yeah. Now I get it. Yeah. yeah. So he gets on the train and he is he's partnered up with, uh, I guess it was um, Josh Gad's character Maddox. I think was his name. And we're introduced to everybody. So from the from the very beginning, we we met um, Ray, not Ray. Uh, oh, what's her name? The girl who played Ray, Daisy Ridley, Daisy Ridley, uh, and her and the uh, British doctor, and they kind of have an interaction. We Leslie Odom like, Jr. Is that who that is? Yes. Who, where would I know him from? Hamilton. Okay, I know you're a big right. Hamilton I'm fan. A huge yeah, Hamilton fan. I mean, Massive. Joe and Broadway are synonymous, <laughs> yes. like, like this. Yeah. Um. So they they kind of have an interaction that Perot sees, and he's just like, "That was weird." All right. Uh. And so we've got those two characters are on this train. We've got Josh Gad and Johnny Depp. Um, and Michelle Pfeiffer and um, Penelope Cruz, Penelope Cruz and uh, Willem Dafoe, and so you've got all of these people who are just you know they seem like completely normal passengers on this train that have filled the passenger car. We've also got this Hollywood starlet and her quick to punch people out, bo- like husband, like <laughs> it that was guy. the thirties. Yeah, you could do that back then. Yes. Not a Hollywood starlet, a countess, a countess. Yeah. Right, I'm sorry, he was like a famous dancer. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. So, and they're in the first class spot, and you know that they're like, we can't touch that. Like that's them. So, as the move, like we go to we go to dinner, and we're introduced to all of these characters. Like it's like Snowpiercer. It is like Snowpiercer <laughs> in the 1930s. Right. What an awesome movie that was too. Um, and we're slowly like Johnny Depp uh, is a sleaze ball. And he's, he's a mobster. He is a mobster. He sells. He's what he's he sells imports and rugs. Like, yeah, like, like rugs, rare, rare stuff. Yeah, but he's clearly a, a mobster. Yes, yes. Who's this is a front. Yes, that's his legit business. Right, yeah. right. It's like it's, Don Corleone was, a, was an olive oil, olive oil salesman. salesman. Yes. Yeah, Jenko. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he kind of has an interaction with Daisy Ridley where she, he kind of sits down with her and she pretty much is like, "You're disgusting. Like, I want nothing to do with you." And he doesn't know what to do. Like he's right. just like, uh, okay. And you could tell that he's a little on edge. Like the entire time he's on, like we see that character, he's on edge the entire time. Um, and then there's a scene t- as after the dinner scene, um, where he kind of sits down with Kenneth Brenna and is just like, "Look, I hear you're. This is you. You're the greatest detective of all time. I need you to protect me." And Brenna's just like, "Nah, I'm good." Like Do you I've, remember was this scene in the original? No. Okay, because it it felt it felt like heat to me. It, it did. It, it we felt, have these two. Actors, we have we these need to get them together. Right. We have these two great actors, yes. and they don't have a scene together. We need to craft a scene. And I like the scene. I, I did too. I really, I, I'm not complaining. Also, you know, Johnny Depp's not going to be around too long since right. he's the victim. Right. right. So right. we better get our you know bang for the buck here. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Correct. So and I liked the scene a lot where he they kind of sit down and they have this. I wouldn't call it intense, but intense enough where Kevin right. Brenna's like, I know you're full of shit. Thank you. You're welcome, Kevin. Um, I don't like you. Yeah. And I don't want your money. Like, I know where your money comes from. 
get out of here. And he's I like I like where they're he's like, Can I have they're they're sharing this piece of cake. <coughs> and Perot is very particular about everything. Like yeah. there's a scene in the beginning where he's it's trying to find like Like a precursor to monk. Pretty much. Yeah. Where he has to have like the same size eggs and everything needs to be the same. And he's like, Can I just have this little sliver in the top part? Like there's like a little piece of icing on the very top and Depp is just like sure, I guess. He's trying to watch his figure. Right, of course. So they all go back to their cabins. There's a commotion. Uh, Kenneth Brennan kind of pokes his a head out. A low commotion. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, he pokes his head out and he sees a woman in a red kimono run down the the uh, car, pa- the car and take off. And then we find out that Johnny Depp has been murdered. Uh 12 different stab wounds and the stab wounds are all different right Correct. like that's that's another thing that works right in your face the stab wounds are all, all like, different and the, the doctor some are says, deep some are like slashing some are it's all leslie odom jr kind of says he's like this looks like somebody did it with their eyes closed basically so now the rest of this movie we're trying to figure out who killed who and like tom said everybody is alibying everybody so you know Michelle Pfeiffer is kind of like, no, there was somebody in my room and, you know, nobody believes me. And of course, she's kind of firing on Kenneth Brenna, but it's I'm not really sure. Like, maybe I think there was a little bit there that was actually like the attraction, but also like trying to throw him off the. Well, the the trains broke down, so she needs a mustache ride. <laughs> and it's one hell of a mustache. Yes, ride. yes, it is. You need a mustache ride. You go. <laughs> That's to the, the guy Hercule with the mustache. Poirot. That's right. Not Hercules. Right. Which I did enjoy. Yeah. Um, so he starts to break. He starts to interview each person, and he's just doing what he does. He's doing his job, and I don't remember how we got to the case, like how we got to the the underlying case. How did he figure out? Oh, like how so, we like yeah, the so, connection. Okay, here is the problem that I have with this movie above and beyond everything else. Okay. Sure, exactly what you just said. How did we get to the details that got him to the finale? Right, and that's the problem with this movie because. You don't have all that exposition about all these characters, re- so you right. don't know all that stuff. There was a Neil Simon parody movie called Murder by Death. Murder by Death. Which you've seen. Yeah, with Peter Falk. And, yes, yeah. it's got all these various famous actors playing famous mystery writers okay. who all get invited to Truman Capote's mansion, Truman Capote's character's mansion, at. Uh, it's off in the woods somewhere. Sure. And... In the end, we find out the reason that this Truman Capote character has invited all these mystery writers there is because he's sick of them writing <laughs> books in which they leave out all the pertinent information until the last eight pages, and then the detective miraculously solves things, knowing things that the reader never knew. Right. Right. That's murder by death condensed. Right. Okay. That's so the same thing that happens in this movie. I At re- the end, Kenneth Branagh's character, Hercule Poirot, Knows things that we haven't seen him learning. So we, I remember. So he finds. So Johnny Depp's in his cabin. He had a burnt note, and he picks up the note and he figures out what it says. And in that note, it it's a there's a detail about, um, you know, we will never forget Daisy, and he's just like, okay, there was this case. It's basically the Lindbergh baby. Basically, yeah. Did they find that baby? They never found that baby, did they? Do they eventually find the baby? I don't know. I don't, I don't think remember. they did. Yeah. And this one they do. Yeah. Um so And then they eat it. <laughs> this is a this is a prequel to Mother. It's a prequel to Mother. <laughs> wow. There you go, Brad. Yeah. Every that one's episode, for you. buddy. Every episode yeah, we have a Don't worry, my we friend. We have an eating a baby joke. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's a note that basically that, that gives the clue 
that that is there's this famous missing baby case and so Kenneth Brenna starts breaking down so first he goes to Josh Gad's character who is Johnny Depp's assistant and throughout the process like he's beginning to think that maybe Josh Gad is the the culprit were you a little put off by the fact that this train is trapped in an avalanche yeah and Josh Gad's character never (laughs) once wanted to build a snowman so I thought there was a moment where I was like, oh, man, please don't make a frozen joke. Like, <laughs> if we can avoid the frozen joke, that'd be great. But and they did. Yeah. He never won. Should have built know, a snowman. Should have built a snowman. Just telling you, you had yeah, all that snow there. That's all right. Could have built a little Olaf. Um, when's that one coming out? Is that next year? I think so. Right. This year we get we, or we Coco. get cocoa in two weeks. No, I think it's next week. Is it? I think so. I could be wrong. Yeah, Just, you normally are. Yeah, that's true. That's also true. You're normally early. Yeah. That's what your wife says. That's, my wife. that's why I got two kids. <laughs> no, it's not. I, those are, you're planned. <laughs> if you ever hear this, you both you were both planned. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so Josh Gad has been burning. He tried to burn this ledger that Johnny Depp was working on. And it turns out that Gad's character was skimming uh, from the top. Uh, and he was just like, look, it was dirty money. You know, going on and on about how how much of a creep Johnny Depp was. By the way, for you kids listening in, don't try to skim from the bottom. It's so much it's easier, easier to skim from, from the top. top. You yeah. deal yeah. from the bottom, you skim, skim from, from the, the top. top. Correct. Yes. Coming you from know the poker, poker player. Yeah. So let's. <laughs> so yeah. So he knows poker and the dairy industry. Interesting. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Um. So Josh Gad kind of lays out his backstory, and he turns. He's like, I was going to be a lawyer, but I was really bad at it. Blah blah. Uh, Kenneth Brunner puts it together that this guy's dad is the prosecutor who charged a a nanny, right? Was it the nanny? Yep. Um, yeah. Wrongly in this case. And then wouldn't back off because he didn't want to be wrong and he needed a conviction. And then and... she killed herself and he was basically shunned and run out of town. Or does he kill himself? I don't remember. Either way, either way, the, the dad is disgraced. Shame has befallen them. Right. So yeah. he did. He's like. Because of that, so we're just going to, like, the Johnny Depp character has a different name. Like, I don't remember what his name is. Ratchet. Ratchet. And his real last name was, like... Cassetti. Cassetti, yeah. Franco and Cassetti. Of course it's Cassetti. Like... Well, he's a mobster. Yeah, of course. By the way, if you had that Cassetti with the pesto sauce, it's delicious. <laughs> they don't even make Cassettis anymore. They just go on straight to CDs, and then they do right. whatever. Um, So, he figures out that Cassetti is the guy... Who got away with the murder? So he was working for, which is kind of funny. Like, so he solves the unsolved Lindbergh <laughs> right. case, so he can solve this case. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like he solves two cases yeah. at one time. Um, so we are under the assumption that Josh Gad, because he, because of a disgraced father, was going after um, Cassetti, Johnny Depp's character, right. and they think they've kind of got it, and then all of a sudden they don't got it. Right. The, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer ends up getting stabbed and then all hell breaks loose. Like I will also like Daisy Ridley, who I'm really glad she's doing so. Like she's a fantastic actress. Like I thought she was great as Ray. We'll see her again at the end of the year. But I'm I was hoping that she would avoid the Star Wars curse. You know, like you're with the exception of Harrison Ford. They all got typecast like you, they never really did anything besides Star Wars. For the most part, not until a, not as actors. I mean, Carrie Fisher obviously 
was in other. She was in Harry Met Sally, but uh, that's true. But she was more uh, had I think kind of carved out a place for herself as a as an author. Oh, really? And script doctor. And a script doctor. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Then obviously, Mark Hamill found his found the Joker and uh, things like that way after Star Wars. Right. And it was I I kind of feel not to take away from Mark Hamill, but I kind of feel like. His casting as the Joker initially was a stunt. Om- was a stunt casting, like, and Mark Hamill is a Joker, and they turned out to be brilliant. Yeah, and then you, see, yeah. you hear his Joker, you're like, oh, right, that's terrifying. Right? Did you ever hear him read Donald Trump tweets? No, no. <laughs> oh, he did. He read Heath Ledger's lines oh, okay. from The Dark Knight as the Joker, and it is haunting. Like to hear his version of the Joker do the whole, "Why do I have these? You know, how did I get these scars?" Right. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Um, so I'm glad that she is doing, she's got, hopefully gets away from the Star Wars, not altogether. Obviously. This is her Corvette summer. <laughs> yes, that's what's exactly what this is. Wow. That's impressive. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because she's great. Like I could have said eight is enough. Yeah, that would not have worked for me. I've seen Corvette summer. <laughs> yeah. He was, uh, he, w- Mark Hamill was the, o- uh, the older brother, the oldest brother on eight is enough. And oh, the, really? And the pilot. And oh. then he t- went off and did Star Wars, and they had to recast it. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. And Christopher Plummer played that role from there on out. No. <laughs> oh, I was like, no, we didn't. <laughs> I'm just going with the recasting thing. Yeah. Um. So, and she is super standoffish. Like, she is almost kind of on his level as far as intelligence. So she's not answering the questions completely. We know that there was an interaction earlier between her and the doctor. Um. So we're... She is also leading you down a path where you're just like, well, maybe it was her. So we're pro- as we're progressing, um, more and more of these people are starting to. It's starting to come to light that they were all involved. Armstrong, that's the name. Yeah. Oh, the baby case is what you're in the name. For. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Armstrong. Armstrong. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Glad I could help. Yeah. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm, why I'm here. Yeah. So they're starting more and more of these people are starting to you realize they're all connected has a they all have a connection to to this case. Right. And I think I think this is how Agatha Christie. It's interesting. I, I feel like this is how she prevents people from solving the case. How do you mean? As they're reading the book is because like when I watched the the original movie or read the book, I forget what I did first, but um. I spent a good chunk of it thinking this is really lazy writing. Like, uh, like, why would all these people be on the same train? Like, that's a ridiculous uh-huh. conceit. All the people and, who and, are connected, like right? That? And as you're going through it, you're also thinking, well, I thought it was A, but it can't be A because now it's definitely B. Oh, right. It can't be B. It's got to be C. Right. right. Every, et cetera, like et cetera, every, et every, it's like an algebra. Like every every suspect cancels out another suspect right. to where it's like this doesn't make sense. None of it. But makes it, sense. but I was also I spent a large chunk of time thinking. This is lazy writing because it's just it's a ridiculous conceit that all these people affiliated with this case would happen to be on this train. Right. Three thousand miles away from where it happened. Where it happened. And they're, you know, none of them and some of them don't even really have the means to be there. Correct. You know, it's well, a we ver- don't. Yeah. It's a very expensive train. Right. But you know? only 12 people can get on that train. That's the weird part of it. I've right. been on trains on like Joe. I've actually <laughs> been on trains. There are always more than 12. people. Right. Yeah. I don't care if it's a luxury train like this. 
twelve people on yeah. a train. That's a that's a that's wonky a th- business model, right? Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> but uh, and so like I spent a good chunk of time thinking like this is why is this considered a great story? Like doesn't make any sense. Right. Like I mean it just it's just a lazy premise and and so I think she kind of distracts you by think by making you think. She wrote a lazy story uh-huh. when she didn't she at all. Punches you in the dick and at then, the end. Yeah, and then there's there there. Of course, they're all in this train. That was the point, right? And instead of thinking that's the point and this is what's going on, you kind of it's it's almost like the red herring is breaking the fourth wall. Kind of, you I know? can see that. That's a good, yeah. That, that it's like sense. she's she's pulling you out of the story and having you say, "Well, that's ridiculous that they would all be there." Where because if if you if you accept the story is well written and you say, "Why would all these people be on the train together?" Because they're all going to kill him. Yeah, right. Like there's, that's, there's a connection. Yeah, like they're all that supposed ma- to be there. That makes it make sense, but it, but that seems like such a ridiculous notion that your mind can't even postulate that as a theory. Right. You're so early into the book, you're or into the story. You're just like, this doesn't make any sense. So he goes to see. Uh, Judy Dench and her uh, Hildegard, I think, was her. And you recognize that woman. She was on um, Grace, not Grace Point. Grace Point was the American Broadchurch uh, from the BBC with uh, Doctor Who and the Purple Man, David Tennant. Oh, okay. Um, and then she was in um, Hot Fuzz. She's the 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 slutty, not slutty, but like the flirty cop in in the the little town oh she's, okay. she's great like she's fantastic and she's kind of Jame, dame judy dench judy dench kind of plays like this countess uh and she's like her handler basically and we find out that judy dench is the sister of um this she's the she's the aunt of the woman who killed of the armstrong mother um i can't believe you can keep all this straight if I can keep the Fast and the Furious as straight, I feel like I could do it. this. Is <laughs> you're like this is at least yeah. well written, right? Right. Yeah. So Dame Judi Dench is the aunt. So right, you've got the two Armstrongs and the baby. Should make you feel better. He is a police officer, That's so like true. he's like the, he can keep Facts. all this straight. Like and just to be in the, in the interest of full disclosure, you don't have notes in front no, of you. I don't. Like you're not like skimming Wikipedia nope. while you do this. I yeah. am always impressed when I come here and hear you winging it with Thank these you. things. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> because I've reviewed these things on my show and I can't remember half of the stuff you're talking I about. Know. It's so funny. You think a guy that has um, what are they? It's I have had six concussions in my life and I now have. Like very small traumatic brain injury, and you'd think that that kind of guy can't remember things like this, right? But I can. It's your it's your anniversary. You can't remember. Not for my right. life. My life. And for those of you wondering, that's why Joe no longer plays in the NFL. Also right. true. I have yeah CTE. So the girl I dated before my wife, her birthday was June second. My wife's birthday is June third. I. <laughs> my first girlfriend was born May 30th. My second girlfriend was born May 31st. It, and I could never and I nope. might have that backwards. I still do it to yeah. this day. Now that I've said that, she doesn't listen to the show, it's fine. Yeah. But when we first started dating, I would I wish, you know, happy birthday. She's like, "It's tomorrow." I was like, "Right. Eve. I'm just happy birthday. I'm, 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 I'm going to be working tomorrow, so yeah. I won't see you." 24 like, hours is not <laughs> enough to say I love yeah. you. I wanted to make it 48. Yeah. <laughs> happy, happy birthday, Eve. Yeah. Will you stop <laughs> interrupting? I know. Me. Jeez. Story of my life now, too. And also those those girls with the birthdays back to back, both named Kathy. Cool. <laughs> At least mine was Stephanie and Leanne. Like those yeah. are two completely different names. Yeah. Um, I dated like four, five girls, all named Kathy. You have a type then. 
they they weren't <laughs> alike at all. But they were all I, and when I when I tell stories to people, they're like they'll be like, "Is that Kathy one or two? Like they <laughs> like they. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she is the the aunt of this woman who was who killed herself, and so now we've got two connections to this Armstrong case, and the uh, Hildegard. It's funny because he starts speaking to her in German so that Judy Dench can't understand. So she can't influence the interview. Correct. And that's the way she's been the entire time, right? She's bossing her around. Yeah. So we find out that um, Hildegard had seen the conductor uh, run. I don't remember if it was like it came in the room or what, but like a button snapped off of um, his the coat. And, you know, everybody's just like, we didn't see Like, we didn't see anybody else. There was nobody else here. So now he's trying to figure out who the hell was running around as dressed as a conductor, along with the woman in the red kimono. So they start searching all of the uh, luggage, and they they're searching everything. But the only thing they can't search is the uh, what's the, the countess the countess's stuff because there's some rule. I guess that you can't dipl- diplomatic immunity. If That's Lethal it. Weapon Two has taught me anything, I thought that was going to be their out. Like I thought they were going to pin it on the people with diplomatic oh. immunity, and then you can't arrest them. <laughs> That's and, the way that works. Yeah. Um. So By the way, I'm sh- I, again, you're in law enforcement. I'm not, but I'm pretty sure it's that you can't charge people with a crime if they have diplomatic immunity. I, I don't think that's you can't look in their luggage. I think that's correct. You can, yes, they cannot be charged with if if Batman: The Killing Joke has taught me anything is you can't charge. Like that's the the crux of that book is the Joker is a diplomatic, uh, a diplomat from somewhere, so they can't charge him with shooting Barbara Gordon in the stomach. Ah, it's whatever. <laughs> but when, when when diplomats from other countries come to New York, yeah, to go to the UN, they have to. Check I'm their fairly luggage. sure that at customs, they can check their luggage if I they think want that's to. True, that's federal. they just can't charge them for the cocaine inside. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. We're gonna take this, but yeah. be on your way. Yeah. Um. So is that a bald eagle egg? <laughs> yeah. You can't bring that here. <laughs> Give me that crack. Uh. So he go, he's like, we've checked everybody's luggage. We can't find anything. He's like, well. We haven't checked everybody's luggage, so he goes to his room, uh, him him being Kenneth Branagh, and he opens up his suitcase, and inside of his suitcase, there is the red kimono. Uh, and the conductor's and the outfit. Condu- well, yeah, and the conductor's outfit is, is, like, above something else, missing the button. And he's just like, man, and I do like the line where he's like, somebody is messing with me. Like, it's somebody, no, like, they're trying to goad me and mess with me. So... As as we're progressing, we he talks to um, uh, Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe. Thank you. <laughs> See, so I can get the plot, but I just can't remember people's names. It's okay. Um, and he's just kind of like, so your accent's pretty good, but you're full of shit. And and he's just like, like the look on Willem Dafoe's face is just like, what? <laughs> oh, he's like, what gave it away? And he was just like, you, the number you said. He pronounced. He the, pronounced something wrong. He had put the accent in the wrong yeah. place on a word. <laughs> yeah, put the accent on the wrong syllable. Yeah, uh, and he was just like, it's like if ah. he said aluminium. Yeah, right. <laughs> and everybody's like, what? Uh, and he was so he he's like, who are you? And he turns out he's a Pinkerton. Uh, which it, also not a thing anymore, right? Like, there's not the no. That's not around. I don't think it's around. Is I think it? the no, agency might so. still be around, but. They're not what they used to be. Well, no. I mean, they yeah. were. That was the gold standard <laughs> yeah. of detective agencies. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and he kind of says that he was hired by Johnny Depp because Depp was worried that somebody was after him. And as he's going through his story, Perot is just kind of like, 
nope. Like, you're lying again. He's like, he used to be a police officer because of the gun that you have, right? And he was just like, eh. And he puts his gun on the table, and he was just like, leave it here. Because I guess the, the gun that he had was a certain police-issued uh, weapon. So, now we're trying to figure out what... So now we know that Willem Dafoe was lying, but we don't know why. And it's it's like you said, when we figure out why, there's no... There's no... I, Besides, like, breaking down these characters, he puts this together pretty quick as to, like, the connections everybody has to everybody else. Um, also, at the end, when he does make all those connections. Right. You ever watch the TV show Survivor? I, watched I have the, not, the, the actually. Season, okay. The season after the Rams won the Super Bowl was the only one that I watched. Okay. On every episode of Survivor. On every season of Survivor, there are certain people who don't get much camera time because they're not the loudmouth or right. the, the the idiot or the angry person or whoever it is. They're just the quiet people who are on that show who don't get a good edit, as it's called in Fair television. Enough. That's what some of these characters in this yeah. movie are. Yeah, I would agree. You don't find out until the end, oh, so she's connected to him with that thing that happened, which we were never told about. Right. right. Yeah, no, I would agree. Because there's 12 suspects, it's really hard to give everybody the empty to, scream time. to spend time with all of them to to make it feel it like it's entirely fair. Wouldn't be if you fair. went faster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I, to me, the pace scene. Like I was fine with the pace. Like I was in. I was engaged enough in each character, along with Kenneth Branagh, who I don't. I don't have an affinity for. Like I. I don't hate him or I don't love him. I. You know. I don't see him enough as an actor to have an opinion. But I thought he was engaging. I liked. His port. I thought his accent was good. Like sometimes you get these guys putting on French accents or other accents, and it's not good. No, but he, I thought his fine. accent it's was good. It's just that the story is plodding. Yeah, would be the word I would use to describe it. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't disagree. Like it, I, I, in, I enjoyed it. It is a good looking movie, right? And so it is a good looking movie for sure. Know, and I, I definitely, and I think it also for me it benefited from the fact that we don't get a lot of movies like this. We don't get a lot of movies. That this isn't the kind of movie Hollywood doesn't make anymore. It's yeah. lots of big names, fancy costumes, pretty scenery, and some of it being chewed. Sure, you know, and uh, and that's okay. It's, I'm cool this with isn't, it. Yeah, this it's not it's not Nicolas Cage doing it, right? And it's right. not high art. Like it's, I mean, it, with all due respect to Agatha Christie, I mean, she was, you know, the Stephen King of murder mysteries, mm-hmm. and and like it was it was designed for the rank and file to enjoy, and that's good. Like right. there should be books for and, the rank, and I I don't I'm not a reader of great literature either so i don't you mean it in a an elitist way but speaking of the way it looks there are two shots that stick in my mind that, I, uh, during the movie i went whoa yep, yep one of them is a conversation between three or four people from a completely overhead perspective i thought yeah. that shot kicked ass that was beautiful and i love the fact that he doesn't cut away from that shot Never. to show his close-ups of the people right he yeah, just stays with that one shot he, uh, it, they're going in from johnny depp's cabin to perot's cabin and it just like that. Yeah, you're right. There, it's it's like, what? It, there was another movie that does that. It's not rope, is it? That goes like up and above. Is uh, that rope so. is a tracking shot, right? Yeah. Rope is is a series of of unedited shots. Right. It's, and they ten minutes long. Yeah, they're ten minutes because that's how much film could record sure. at a time. And so it's a series of of like okay. ten or eleven minutes. There was a segments. movie that we may have seen or we talked about. That's a tracking shot from above. Like it goes through walls and above. Birdman does that. That's yes. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, and, and the other one that got me was 
the the exteriors on this are absolutely beautiful, right? Thanks to CGI. Sure. Yeah. Okay. The trestle that the train is resting on when it's stuck in the avalanche is so beautiful. Yeah. And Brana does this thing where there's someone having a con- I'm not going to remember who it is, but there's someone having a conversation with another person. And there's an open doorway of the train. Uh And the camera starts below and comes up the trestle, keeping an eye on them the whole time, comes up the trestle and doesn't stop and then zoom in on them. It then goes past them to almost above them. Yep. It is so beautifully mastered that I'm glad he, again, didn't cut away. Right. There's another scene that is, it's uh, Perot and I think his buddy, and I think they're talking, they're walking down the hallway, and the camera's on the outside of the train, and it's following them on, like, just the way it, like, it had to, I don't know how they did it, but, like, they're inside, the camera's outside, and it's just following them down the train. Yeah. Like, and, but it's not, like, it's not, it's just the, 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 it's framed on the windows. Yes. Right? So it's not like it's further back or anything like that. It's not like a cutscene, but it's just them on the windows walking down. And I was like, man, that is... It's such a cool shot, and I can't imagine because Brenna directed this as too, right? Yes. So, like, I that must be hard to do trick shots like that and be in the scene yourself and make sure that it's right. Like that, you know, Kevin Smith, the writer director, star. You know, you're just like, I'm just gonna stand here. Yeah. Like that doesn't and, seem. And Kevin Smith movies. They're, God, they're like, stationary. They don't look very good. No, I like think they, they started to look good towards the end. Yeah. But this but, is the sort of thing that if you're acting in the scene, you work it out with the cameraman and the cinematographer and, yeah. and the crew, the dolly, the key grip, all those people. Everybody knows what they're doing. Okay. Right. I'll be over here and I'm going to do my other job now. Yeah. You guys right, just do right. everything we just said. Yeah. Correct. And, and we goes, also have technology to the point where he can look at it in real time. Correct. And make sure that, you know, Absolutely. Thank Jerry Lewis for that. That's, Jerry Lewis Video Village. It's yeah. a hell of a thing. It's it's a It's... Film has come a long way, yes. you know. So he, when he's talking to um, the Judy Dench, he sees a picture of this woman, uh, and he's just, you know, she she kind of says, "Oh, that's that's the mother, like that's the mother of Judy Armstrong," and she was just like, "Oh, she was wonderful, and she was on stage, and she was going to be this big thing." And after Daisy, not Daisy Ridley, uh, the baby died, it broke her, like it was over. Uh, and he was like, "That's interesting. Arden doesn't really like seem like a is a, a stage name." And we find out that yeah, she was she was Jewish and she changed her name to avoid any um, problems. So when he goes to talk, finally he gets in to see the the governor, the countess, and the the husband who was just like. So initially, when I first saw him, I thought it was um, what's his name from Inside the Will and Davis. Oh. Oscar Isaac. I thought it was Oscar go. Isaac, and I was just like, "What happened? Like, why is he so skinny? What has happened to this? Did he lose a bunch of weight to be in this movie?" And then obviously, it's not him. But that initial scene at the bar, like, it looks like a very younger version of Oscar Isaac. So he gets all he's getting all fired up. One of the clues is that there is barbitrol in Johnny Depp's drink, which is how he didn't move. By being stabbed twelve, which times. I thought was that blue stuff at the barber shop with the combs <laughs> in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought I, it was stuff you sprayed in your hotel room to make sure there wasn't jizz on the bedspread. <laughs> Not just more jizz. Oh, yeah. well, that's how you do yeah. it. To each their to own. Each their own. Yeah. All right, Louis C.K., calm down. <laughs> <laughs> this is where Dan would shake that maraca at us. Yes. Is what happens. <laughs> um, 
so he goes and sees the, the governor, the countess, and he realizes there's a bunch of barbitrol in her room. Like she is addicted to this drug, and he starts like he's looking. He's like, "Can I take a look at your passport real quick?" And she looks at it, and the the front there's been there's an, a, a letter that has been erased. So he starts putting it together that this woman is the is the sister of Judy Armstrong. And like the husband freaks out and he was just like, you don't like, blah, you know, doing the whole fiery Latin husband thing, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and he was just like, and now it's starting to. So now we've got four people who are connected to this Armstrong case. And as so we're cutting short on time, but as we're progressing, we it turns out all 12, all 12 have a have a have a tie to this. Right. So um, Josh Gad is the son of the prosecutor. Uh, let's see. Judy Dench is the grandmother to Daisy, the baby. Um, the governess or the countess is the sister of Judy Armstrong. The uh, Leslie Odom Jr. was like the best friend of the father who like put him through medical school and he, they only allowed like one African-American guy to go to medical school and he made the Lance art. No, it's not (laughs) Uh, made sure that he got in and he was like his best buddy. Um, It turns out that uh, Daisy Ridley was the, like the tutor or like the nanny, I guess something like that to the baby. And she was like, they, so like what we saw earlier in the movie was like they have they've the doctor and Daisy Ridley have found each other like found solace in each other over losing this entire family that they loved. Um, uh, Penelope Cruz was the nurse for the baby and who allowed Johnny Depp to sneak over and like break in and take the baby. So she has this, you know, Willem Dafoe was the boyfriend slash lover of the other nanny who was accused and ended up killing herself. And then there is the butler, the guy with uh, cancer, which I, that scene was electric as well. Like when they're sitting down and he was just like, that's not a, like, he t- he's like, what's the matter? He's like, oh, I got a toothache. And he was just like, look, man, the way you talk to him, like that's, it's terminal. And it turns out he's got like cancer all over. He's got, but like the way that Perot breaks that down with that guy and the way the guy's just like i've got like four months i'm just gonna say whatever i want like, right. i don't care played by Derek jacoby by the way who was fantastic yes. like he was he was great and i don't remember he may have been like the i can't, he had a tie to the family as well and then there's the the other Is i don't the chauffeur no, no it was the, the chauffeur is the, the guy the guy the the other the hispanic yeah guy. who they're like everybody's trying to finger it immediately they're yeah. like what about the, what about his kind you know what about right. him um yeah, then there was the chauffeur who was, you know. So Perot is now, and then we've got Michelle Pfeiffer, who turns out is the mother, is the grandmother to the baby, the mother to Judy, um, who she still looks like a million bucks. Yeah. Like, man, she looks great. Yep. Um, did I tell you I just watched Into the Night? No. Which is, the, so it's this, it's Jeff Goldblum and Michelle, a very young Michelle Pfeiffer, and it's yeah. a John Landis flick. Right. It was great. Like it's a good little. I've never, I've never heard of it. I saw the poster. I was like, yeah, I'll, all right, fine, whatever. It's John Landis. I've never seen it before. I don't think there's ever been a John Landis movie I haven't seen. And then this popped up. It was great. Well, you've rectified that. I have rectified yeah. that. Done. Um, and it turns out she, the picture that 
Perot saw in Judy Dench's ch- in her chamber or her first class thing is Michelle Pfeiffer. And she's just like, look, he destroyed my life. Like he has taken everything from me. And I, I set all this up. I put all this in place. I'm the one that did it. And Perot is now who's like this straight laced uh, detective. He's faced with a choice. He's like, these are the two options I have. I can say that like, we know that he was in with the mob and we could say that somebody snuck on board, killed him, and took off. Or all 12 of you are going to jail. So he has a really good scene with Michelle Pfeiffer. And it's funny because... And he's, he's very conflicted because he's very meticulous. Right. And, and he wants he wants there to be justice, but this guy is such a dirtbag. And he killed a baby. He killed a baby. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't eat he it. He didn't eat it. In fairness, he didn't eat the baby. I know Brad, that turned you off from this yeah, movie I know, altogether. I know but. Brad really likes the movies where they eat the baby, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you got but, uh, but to the line somewhere. But take your wins where you find them. That's I mean, right. At least they killed a baby. That's true. Right? And so, be happy, Brad. Right. And so, uh, um, so, but he, so he kind of, he doesn't feel like these people mm-hmm. deserve to go to jail. This guy got what he deserved, but, he also wants to uphold the law, right? Whatever that and law might be. Not only that, if you're the most famous detective in the world, <laughs> you gotta how do solve you, it. Yeah, you gotta solve you it. You gotta solve and it. And she said, "Like it's we haven't seen Michelle Pfeiffer act and be committed to a role." And I thought, again, I thought this scene with her and him was electric. Right. I thought they were good together. She de- she kills her lines like she delivers perfectly. I the last time we saw her was that awful uh, Jean Renault movie. Oh, she was in Mother. I didn't see Mother. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, she's, that's right. She plays Ed she's, Harris's wife. She's, yeah, she's so it's really surprising she didn't eat a baby. <laughs> yeah, and they're the only two good things in that movie. Yeah, I, okay, I'll take it. I'm glad I didn't have to see that. I sat through the stupid rock movie. Like, what more do you want me to do? <laughs> um, Noah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so she kind of, like, Perot takes out Willem Dafoe's gun, and he puts it on the table, and he was like, here are your options. Like, you can, I'll take you all in, or you can kill me, and, you know, we'll we'll squash this right now. And to, I think this is the determining factor, is Michelle Pfeiffer, instead of... Uh, she takes the she gun. She takes the gun and pointing at him, and then she decides, I'm not going to kill you. You didn't do anything wrong. These people still have a chance at a life, and she goes to kill herself, but the gun... Doesn't fire because he's not an idiot. He's not an idiot. He gave right. her an unloaded yeah, right. gun. Yeah, moron. Uh, and I think that is the thing that makes him that feel makes like, him like these are good people at right. their core. Right. But what is the reason for the gun thing at all? So that's Willem Dafoe's gun. Okay, but no, he he lets her have the gun, which I, is which she thinks is loaded, and so he's going to. Well, if he if she points it at me, I'll at least get her on attempted murder. If she pulls the trigger. Yeah. I think I think what he was trying. I, this is how I interpret it: is that he felt like he should let these people go, but he wanted to know that they weren't. This is they, a one-time thing. They weren't murderers. That this is a one-time thing, and that they weren't prepared to commit another murder to cover up. Well, all we find out is that she is not sure ready to do that. Doesn't Although anything about the other eleven, that's true. that is fair. But I will also say no one else was was lunging no, for yeah. the gun to kill him. You know, like they, you know, like if 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 you're that, if you're prepared to do it, I would think you'd make that choice pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, and and nobody lunges for the gun. I mean, she goes. I, it is definitely like murder mystery logic. Yeah, like it's you know what I mean. Again, like, it's that murder by death ending. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but I, I I viewed it as it was a test, and that they passed it, and that they weren't prepared to commit a murder to, 
to cover up their murder. They were only prepared to commit a murder to avenge exact justice. And it's, it's, a, it's a broken family, and I use family, but all these 12 people are all connected to this case. So the, they get the train moving. They go to wherever they're going to go. And he tells the story about the the mob guy. The mob guy, somebody must have got on the train, killed him, and then took off. And that's kind of how, like, he, he watches them all leave, and he kind of stays behind to talk with the police detective. And, and then we get our Avengers initiative moment. Correct. He's like, there's another case on the Nile. Yes. And he was just like, let's go. And Murder on the Nile ends. Express is that's the That's the way it works. Yeah, yeah that's right. the next one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Death I, on the Nile is I, the name <laughs> of the book. <laughs> but I, I You know, did. you call the book what you want. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, that's the actual yeah. Christie book. <laughs> I thought that I loved it. Like, it, it was, I had so much fun. I was, I was engaged with the story. I didn't know where it was going to go. I think maybe if I knew the ending, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. I but because that. I didn't know anything it was, going in, yeah, it's like, it was all new. Uh, two things I need to add. One, you left out a part of the plot in which Poirot, in his own cabin on the train, keeps looking at a picture of a woman I am assuming is his wife. Or, or, or like or a dead girlfriend that or, he was going to, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Was, right. Why do we need that? Why throw that in there? I think it gives, I, I, in my we, opinion. We don't learn anything about we her, don't need, her We don't need that. I don't, just, you are correct. I think maybe it's just to add another level of they're trying to humanize him about this some, guy, but, but you already do. You yeah, two hours, cut five minutes out. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the other thing is th- that uh, the song that plays over the closing credits. Yeah, my wife turned to me and said, "That's Michelle Pfeiffer." Oh, she recognized really? her voice, and I said, "Really?" And I looked it up, and sure enough, Kenneth Branagh wrote the lyrics. I don't know who wrote the music, right? And it is Michelle Pfeiffer singing it. And I tell you that now because you won't stick around to hear it when the closing <laughs> credits are rolling, and you'll never hear that song again. Oh, it was not unless very it gets good. nominated for an Oscar because that's the sort of stupid song yeah, that gets nominated and, for an Oscar. And they'll want Michelle Pfeiffer to come sing it, of course. And you but know. instead, they'll have Pink, right? <laughs> yeah. Is this, is this her first uh, time singing on screen since no. Grease 2? I was like, Fabulous, Fabulous Baker, Baker Boys. Baker Boys. They, oh, my God. I love May the movie. I, just I say forgot three about words that. words to you as a male Red Velvet Dress. That Fabulous yeah. Baker Boys is an amazing movie yes. if you've never and seen it. And she can really sing. She, she can. Yeah. I was in my head, I went straight to Grease 2. When she sings Making Whoopi and climbs down oh, the piano wee. to sit next to him. Yeah. No more calls. We have a winner. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's right. That's right. When we, we'll see her again in Ant Man and the Wasp. She's playing Janet Van Dyne. The uh, the original Wasp in that, and so I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, but, but yeah, I can't believe I, I love. I've made so many people watch that m- movie over the years. That's it's such a, a good movie. That's one of those movies where like it showed up on HBO, and I was like, nah, and that's not for me. Pfeiffer, and I was like, yeah, all right, I'll stick it out. It's fine. And yeah. the Bridges Brothers both very they're right. both, yeah, they're both back when you could Bo. Because yeah. Jeff has the showier row, right? Row, uh, role, role, yeah. But but Bo Bridges, I think, is so solid in that as the brother. Yeah. Just, I'm just trying to make a buck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he did the hair in a can. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I, uh, and that was back when uh, uh, you could understand what Jeff Bridges was. That's saying. true. Correct. He didn't, he didn't go full dude. Yes. Yeah. He was yeah. not the dude yet. Back when uh, he, they still paid him enough to enunciate. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. So I guess that's a uh, that's yeah, the movie. I yeah, they set off. it up for a sequel. Hopefully, a franchise. I, I I would like to see another one of these. I think. Yeah. I think I like I think your complaints are valid. I just like I said, I was more forgiving of them. And I I would really like to see if they could replicate this. There was some humor in the movie that I wish there was a little bit more of. Yep. Um, he was few. He had some good. Yeah. He like, had straight man one liners. Right. And but not like in an undermining Hollywood cheesy way nope. Like they were. They worked. I thought, you know, well, I think that there may be more people who like it the way you did than I did. Right. But I think that for people who go see it and have the experience that I had. 
there's going to be bad word of mouth on this. Yeah. I think there could be a big drop-off. I know it did well in its first weekend, sure. but I think there's going to be a big drop-off well, in this it's gonna, thing it's going forward. Get, it's going to get smashed next week. Like well, and then, but the, then the question is, how much money does Murder on the Orient Express have to make for them to say, let's now do Death on the Nile? That's right. right. Yeah. And... Uh, and I, I do think it's it's going to benefit by it can make a lot of money overseas. Could. Yep. You know, I think well that could. there is going to be, especially in England. Surprised you know. they didn't try to squeeze, change one of those characters into an Asian character. Yes. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no that's kidding. The... Well, the train was Orient. Oriental. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't so. know if that plays in China the way a <laughs> yeah, Chinese Yeah, they probably don't does. like it quite and as there were no much. Chinese investors in this. It may yes. be the only movie yeah, in the year. Yeah, that's true. No yeah, Chinese right, right. people at all. <laughs> no kidding. That's because they have a hard time saying Christie. I don't want to I don't want to like call it a dime store. Like detective. Yeah, because she's better than that. Because better than that. But that's kind of... Yeah. But it was nice to see a movie for grown-ups. We don't get a lot of those no, that, that aren't like eat your vegetable, dour, sad, Oscar bait type right, of things. Right. You don't just get kind of grand spectacle anymore. My but, wife's uh, review of this is if you need a two hour nap, here it is. Oh, get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> but again, I definitely think there will be people that feel yeah. that way. Yeah. I, so uh, but anyway, so uh, well, cool. That's uh, that's it for this one. I guess let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. Uh, you can hear me Friday afternoons on KTRS. Download the app and listen and find me on Twitter at Paul Harris show. And this is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Uh, don't forget, you can find the show online at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers or on Twitter at Real Spoilers. You can also find us on iTunes where you can rate, review, subscribe. Uh, I, next week will be Justice League. Justice League. Hopefully. Hopefully. It will be worth it. But uh, you uh, know what? When they suck, it's fun, too. So uh, I mean, if you go back, there's a two-and-a-half-hour episode of Batman versus <laughs> Superman. Yeah. I don't mean to spoil anything for you guys, but in Justice League, they all did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what if it's like the me. last one, they all did it, and that it was make a bad movie. Yeah. So, uh, oh, so, Wonder Woman was good. Okay, well, okay, that's true. Wonder yeah. Woman was good. The one before that. That so, was bad. Uh, and the five before that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, it was uh, Miss Scarlet in the Hall with the Revolver. Don't hate me for trying to shoot you. Frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn. As I was trying to tell you, there are no bullets left in this gun, you see? One plus two plus one. It's two plus one is...